And this dream I had, I was standing on the edge of a skyscraper. I just looked down. And in that moment, I wanted to jump. I knew that I wanted to end my life in this dream. And I remember feeling very strongly that the Lord was speaking to me through that dream. And he said, if you don't change your life, that's where you're going to end up. I'm Adira Polite, and this is Then God Moved. Hey y'all, so what you're about to hear is a recording of my 2020 conversation with film and TV actress Ashley Bratcher. Ashley has starred in all sorts of things. She's probably one of the most well-known faces in the Christian entertainment industry. She is probably most well-known for her leading role in the 2019 film Unplanned, which is based on the life experiences of former Planned Parenthood director Abby Johnson. As you might be able to tell from my microphone quality in this episode, this recording was never actually intended to be released as a podcast episode. In fact, it actually occurred before I even started the podcast. This was back in the day when I would just interview people, transcribe the recording, and then share quotes on Instagram, and then God moved website. So once I started the podcast, I thought about editing this recording and releasing it, but I just never got around to it. But it came to my mind actually last night as I was thinking about the Roe v. Wade news, and uh, I'm not an expert on law and policy, but I do have my own thoughts on what will and will not reduce abortion. But above all of that, what I hate to see in this moment is the minimizing of what abortion is, which I believe it is a loss of life. So to that end, I think that God is tapping me to just do what I always do, which is talk to people and share their stories. So regardless of where you stand on the likely overturn of Roe, maybe just lean in and listen. This is Ashley's story. Well, I've read a little bit about how you got your start. I think we've all seen Princess Cut. Everyone has seen that. <laughs> um, but was there a moment where you felt called to acting? Were you like, this is God's will for my life? You know, I think acting found me more so. I I acted a little bit on the stage in high school. I did drama club and I loved it, but I didn't think it was a real career option because I lived in rural North Carolina. There was nothing going on. And so... In my senior year of college, I needed one more elective to finish out my degree. And I thought, well, why not take an acting class? Because I loved it. And so I did that and it kind of reignited that fire in me to pursue it. So I then went to the North Carolina State Fair. It's so random. So random. Go to the North Carolina State Fair. There's this sign over this booth and it says, do you want to be an actor? And I thought, "Eh, yeah, sure. Why not? So I go in, I audition for this little commercial and I ended up booking it. And from there, I had this agent who really believed in me, took me to New York City. I auditioned in front of hundreds of agents and managers, ended up getting 21 contract offers to be represented and moved to New York. So I, after I graduated, I chose one, moved to New York City, and that was kind of where my story started. It, it went up and down a lot from there, but that was where it started. Okay. And have you felt God pushing you towards certain roles? Like, have you been able to discern most definitely. I gave my career to the Lord in 2012. So it was several years after I had gone to New York and then I came back. My life got a little bit messy. Um, I had an unplanned pregnancy. I was on again, off again with my high school sweetheart. 
And I just, I really didn't know what I was meant to do with my life. I felt like I had a calling. I had this passion in my heart, but I didn't know how to pursue it. And my son was two at the time. I was finally getting a a good grip on how to be a mother and a wife. And uh, I decided that I'd give my acting career to God. And North Carolina had a little bit of a film industry. So I decided I would go for it. And I said, okay, God, you know, if you want me to do it, then bless it. And if you don't, then block it. And from that moment on, I just started working and he started putting me in faith-based film and it just kept getting better and better and better. With every single audition that I have, I pray over it. And whether it's faith-based or it's secular for lack of better terms, I audition for all kinds of things, but I pray over them all. And I just say, God, if it's for me, you know, bless it. And if it's not, then, then don't. But it takes all that pressure off of me because I don't have to worry about the decision I'm making ultimately because I'm putting it in his hands and using discernment. And then I can just be at peace about it. I don't have to dwell on an audition for three weeks and wonder whether or not I'm going to get it. And you must have had some crazy type of peace to accept the unplanned role. Cause I know you knew going in, this is going to change my career forever. Like there are going to be all of these people coming at me. The enemy is going to be coming at me, but like you took it. Like I've read at least that you took it pretty much immediately. Like you knew what was that like? Oh, it was such a wild ride. People don't even believe me when I tell them how I got it. Um, I got a message on Instagram from a random follower who just said, I've been praying for you for over a year. I've been following you. And I feel like God has led me to tell you that you're meant to play the role of this woman named Abby. And I was like, okay, crazy lady. (laughs) Like, yeah, right. (laughs) And so I was just, you know, so nice. I was like, oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Like, thank you so much. And then I just totally blew her off. And then a couple of weeks later, she messaged me again. She said, no, seriously, I know these people who are producing a movie. They haven't released it because it's a pro-life movie. They don't want people to know about it. But I'm telling you, you're meant to play this role. Will you consider auditioning? So long story short, I had the producers send me a couple pages from the script. And as soon as I read it, I was very interested. I did not know Abby's story. So I had no idea that she was going to end up being pro-life. The only scenes I had were her working at Planned Parenthood. So I had no idea what was coming. (laughs) Um, But I did the audition. And then afterwards, I looked up Abby's story so that I could know who she was because I'd found out she was a real person, which is kind of backwards. Like you audition for a role like this, you should look it up first. (laughs) I I mean, I like just blowing it off. I didn't know who was making this movie. But when I heard Abby's testimony for the first time, I mean, that just rocked me. And something inside of me. It felt like God and the Holy Spirit was all over me. And it was like, I believed, I became convinced that I was meant to play this role. And I just prayed on it for for weeks and weeks and weeks. My husband prayed on it. And we just felt like, yeah, this was it. This was meant to be a role that I was going to play. And finally, I got the phone call. They gave me a four-hour notice and said, hey, can you get on a plane? And I was like, huh, I guess nothing's impossible. (laughs) I mean, I'm not kidding you. It's it's not your conventional casting story. It was so crazy. And um, God, it just really worked in my heart. It didn't take any hesitation on my part to say, yes, my family was prepared. I was prepared and got on the plane and did my job. And did that sense of peace follow you through the process and after? Because the backlash has been insane. Like, did you feel God saying like, I'm with you during this as well? Well, I had four days, I think it was four days to prepare for our first day of filming. And the night before we were supposed to start shooting, I had this overwhelming anxiety where I remember calling my husband, just crying, bawling my eyes out and saying, 
how did I get here? David, I'm not supposed to be here. There should be some A-list celebrity playing this role. Like I don't deserve to have this role. Like I'm nobody. It doesn't make sense. I'm not worthy. I just remember crying and crying and crying. And he, he just kept pouring truth and the word into me and supporting me. And it was like the next day I showed up on set, we had a prayer team who was on set the entire time. And before we started filming, they came into my my little dressing room and they said, Hey, can we pray for you before you go out today? And I said, of course, please do. So they start praying. And this one woman, she goes, Ashley, I feel like I just got a message from the Lord for you. And I'm like, okay, I've heard enough crazy people already. So nothing surprises me at this time. Um, (laughs) And she says, Ashley, the Lord wants you to know that you're so worthy that he chose you and you're meant to be here. And he is so proud of you. And it just washed away every piece of doubt that I had. Uh, I just, I knew that God was with me. It was undeniable. I had reached the end of my rope. I didn't have all the time to prepare. I didn't have that luxury. So I just, I did what I could do and I'd give it to God and say, okay, Lord, I need you to take it from here. And so I just felt closer to God probably than I ever have in my life while I was on that set. And do you remember the word that your husband put on you? Oh man, he, there was so much during that time that he would say to me. Um, my husband's never been like a, a preacher. He's never been the one to, you know, take the reins and say, I feel like I'm hearing from the Lord or like to recite scripture. But it was like all of a sudden it was coming to him. It was like the Holy Spirit was just speaking through him. And I, I can't tell you the specific verses he was telling me at the time. I just remember crying and thinking like, where is this coming from? And he's like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> But it was it was everything that I needed to hear. And he was my biggest support too throughout the whole process. So you had that sense of confirmation throughout the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was definitely confirmation throughout. And in the aftermath of it, how do you feel like God strengthened you? Like to speak to Alyssa Milano, like that was incredible. <laughs> like how did you find the strength to do that? Uh, well, I think one of the reasons I got chosen for the role is I'm a little bit of a spitfire myself. I mean, everybody knows that about Abby. So it wasn't like out of character for them to hire me and know that I was not just going to follow the rules. <laughs> so when I had heard that Alyssa Milano made the statements that she had, I had moved to Georgia um, almost two years ago now. And it was affecting everything that was in my industry in the state that I live in, where I pay taxes. And it just, it really peeved me to hear someone equate such a heavy topic and such a heavy decision for women to basically tax dollars and and production money. And it just didn't feel like it had any sense of a personal touch to it. It was just so business oriented. It was offensive to me. And I just thought, you know, if only she could see this movie. If only she knew what we know, because once your eyes have been opened to it, it's like you can't take that knowledge back. You have a responsibility to share it. So when I wrote to her, it was very sincere because I felt like if she saw what we were doing, then she would understand. You know, she came out and she talked about having had abortions herself. And I think that's probably part of it. Most of the time when women lash out in pain or anger, it's because they've experienced something that's deeply painful in their own lives. So I try to remember that in my journey, that my words have a lot of power in the way that I speak to people. So throughout doing Unplanned and and moving past it and being a little bit in the spotlight and having a platform, I've always made it a point to speak to people with love, compassion, and kindness. Because even if they're attacking me, I know that they're not really attacking me. They're attacking a belief because of something that they've experienced. So have you been able to see the fruits of that? that you're doing? Like, have you, I'm sure women have come to you and said, 
this movie opened my eyes or I underwent an abortion and this has been healing for me. Oh, all the way across the board. I mean, young women coming to me saying, you know, they were facing unplanned pregnancies and they didn't know what to do. Women who had had abortions, who watched the movie and just sent me such heartfelt messages saying that it provided such healing for them. And then men, even men coming forward and saying, I feel like if I had been there for her, she wouldn't have made that decision. I feel guilty. I carry this guilt and shame. And there were so many people who said that they felt like they had been broken free of that burden from what they had seen on the screen and that forgiveness. Um, and then there were people who were very pro-choice, who had friends who said, you yeah, know, come see this movie with me. And they said it changed their mind or it at least moved their stance in some way. I mean, I have friends who were all about the New York legislation. I just thought, are you crazy? Like, let's talk. And in talking to them, it at least brought them back to a different perspective. It definitely shifted their perspective in some way. It's been incredible to hear stories, not just in the U.S., but all across the world. Like, I would have never anticipated that we'd have that reach. And do you think that there's going to be some sort of push also from that stance that we see in the film? Or it's the people who are really angry and saying, like, you're a baby killer. Like, do you feel like that is starting to move more towards the compassionate side of, like, we want you to have other options. We love you. Like, this baby is loved by Christ. Do you feel like there's been a shift? I hope so. I mean, I'm not so sure that it was conquered from the film. I feel like there's definitely groups out there that, you know, they feel like that's the best way to reach people. And I totally disagree with that. Um, I do believe that the pandemic in general has caused people to treat others with kindness and to be more compassionate. So I think that people are becoming more aware of how their words and their actions affect other people and how much people are giving back to others right now. So I'm hoping that that I'm hoping that when all of this is over and we go back to everyday life, that this will shift the way that we interact with other people and especially throughout the pro-life movement. I I don't like that. I do feel a little bit like some of the pro-life movement has used this as an opportunity to push an agenda. And that bothers me a lot because people are facing all kinds of hardships. Like, so can we just be there for them as instead of like a, I don't, I'm not one of those people who just wants to push legislation, especially at an opportunistic time. I feel like this is when we need to be saying, here's how we can help you. Let's lift our pregnancy resource centers up and say, they're here for you. We know that you're facing a crisis. Almost all of America is facing a crisis right now. The unemployment rate is through the roof. So let's show people that we can be there for them. I agree. I agree. Is there anything else you'd like to share about God's sovereignty, his movement in your life? Our goal really, as I said, is to reach non-believers. So is there any sort of message you have for them? I think that if you're not a believer, challenge God. (laughs) You know, say, say, you know, God, if you're real, prove yourself to me. Because the majority of the time, he will. And you better be ready. (laughs) Because he will do it in a way that will usually rock your world. I think that anytime that I've cried out to God and I've had moments of doubt, you know, I think all believers do. Sometimes we experience things where we get angry and we're like, God, where were you in that moment? Mm -hmm. And he reveals himself. I mean, the word even tells us to seek and we will find. So if you're looking and you're curious and you're willing and open-minded enough to challenge God, I think he will show up. Uh, I know that he has in my life. There have been so many experiences. I could talk all day about 
the crazy things I've experienced. I mean, just unplanned is the tip of the iceberg for me and how I got cast, but he has shown up in my life over and over and over again. And I'm not someone who was raised in the church. I wasn't in Bible study. I mean, I wasn't one of those people. I came to faith on my own terms. And it was when I cried out to God and said, you know, where are you? What is my purpose? That was when he showed up. And when he did, I went on a wild ride. So did that moment of conversion for you, that moment of coming to him, did that happen in that period in New York? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You caught on to that. (laughs) Yeah. So when I was in New York, I wasn't really walking with the Lord. I had just graduated college. I had an on again, off again relationship with my high school sweetheart. Um, I was living in New York by myself for the first time away from family. I was drinking a lot, dabbling with drugs. I mean, I had been introduced to God and Jesus through my grandparents. So like, I kind of had this love-hate relationship where I was like, okay, fine. I know you're there, but leave me alone. Like, I don't want you to be in my life. But God was like, nope, sorry, not letting go. And so there were just moments, I think, throughout where just one one example in particular, I I remember it being like three or four o'clock in the morning. And I was just walking home, just completely obliterated from drinking all night. I mean, I could hardly walk. And there was this alleyway that would take you as a shortcut to my apartment. So it was right beside the subway. And it's this long, dark alley you could walk through. Or you could take the safe route. And you could walk you know, down the street lights. And that night in particular, I was just so tired and so drunk that I was like, I'm going to walk through the alley tonight. And I was about halfway through the alley when I heard this taxi driver yell out to me. And he said, Miss, please, will you get in my car and let me take you home? And I was like, no, 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 I don't have any money. And he's like... I don't want your money. Will you just please get in the car and let me take you home? And for some reason that night, I got in his car and this man, he took me home and he got out. He walked me to my door to make sure that I was inside safe. And then he drove away. And I remember thinking, like, that's so weird. Like, why did he do that? And now I look back and I wonder, you know, what what could have been on the other side of that alley? You know, there's so many things that could have happened during that time where I look back and I see God's provision and it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like you can't explain it. And I feel like a lot of times when you have those moments that you can't explain, God somehow had a part in it. And for me, looking back in that period in my life, I just felt like he was looking out for me. I didn't deserve it, but he, he found a way to bring me back to him and to show me what my purpose was and how much he loved me. And was there like a breaking point in which you turned to him finally, or was it just a gradual kind of growth? Oh, there was a breaking point. Um, my high school sweetheart, David, he's my husband now, thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> it worked out. But at that time, I put him through a lot and he had decided that he was going to break up with me. And I was devastated. We had been together for a very long time and I was already battling some depression I am now currently diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And at that time, I was not diagnosed, but I look back and fully see the pattern in my life. Uh, And so I was battling some depression while I was there. And I remember one night, I had this very vivid dream that to this day, I still remember. And I, I believe that God speaks to us through visions sometimes. And this dream I had, I was standing on the edge of a skyscraper and I was looking out and I could see the entire landscape of New York City. And I just looked down. And in that moment, I wanted to jump. I knew that I wanted to end my life in this dream. And I remember feeling very strongly that the Lord was speaking to me through that dream. And he said, if you don't change your life, that's where you're going to end up. And it was so vivid and so real. And I just thought, I, I mean, I remember crying almost all day and thinking, what in the world? And I just, I knew though, I knew that God was, was trying to work on me, that he was trying to reach me any way that he could. 
in that moment, I knew, I mean, I, I was living in a way that I could end up dead to be quite honest. And so that, that moment, it shook me to my core. I woke up and I thought, you know what? I need to go back to North Carolina. I need to go home and try to get my life together and figure out what in the world I'm doing. Because if I stay here, I'm not going to be okay. That's a story. That's what this is about. I love that sort of stuff. That is what this is about. Because so many non-believers have just never heard anything like that. They've never heard of God chasing people down. And so they don't see that he's chasing them down, you know? Oh, he will. He definitely will. (laughs) And you just have to be open to it. I mean, you can't say, God, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. You you have to like kind of be aware that he is trying to reach you. And if you give him the opportunity and you say, okay, fine, prove it. Yeah. Then he will. Amen. Well, thank you. I have one last, I have a personal question actually. So I am hoping to eventually turn these stories. They're like about 50 or so right now into Uh short films. I live in Atlanta and I'm trying to like get into the film, Christian film world there. You know that I'm in Atlanta too? No, I know you're in Georgia. You live in yeah. Atlanta? Well, I live just north of Atlanta, yeah. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why the Alyssa Milano thing is so fascinating to me because I'm trying to get into the faith-based film world. And she's coming against Georgia's film industry generally, but especially the Christian film industry. For someone who is trying to enter the Christian film world, is there anything to be wary of? I believe that here in the Southeast, Atlanta in particular, there is a movement that's happening. I feel that the atmosphere is very different here than it is in LA. I've been to LA several times. I'm not really a fan. (laughs) There's almost something palpable about the atmosphere there. You can kind of sense the desperation and the brokenness of people as you're going through the industry. Um, And I'm not saying that everyone's like that, but it is very, very different there. The audition room is not a kind place. I feel like Actors feel like they just need to do better than you. And here it's different in the sense that I'll go into an audition. I'll see people that I I audition against all the time. And I'll be like, Hey, how's your day going? Like, good luck. I hope you do great in there. Or Mm -hmm. like, do you want to go grab lunch after we're done auditioning? Like if I don't get it, I hope you get it. It's just, it's different here. And not only that, but some of the major players behind the studios opening are believers. I know for a fact that down at Pinewood Studios, there are people who go and they walk that property and they pray over the property. So there are people who are strong believers that are coming together in the industry down here. That doesn't mean like we're um, like a, a Christian film mecca. Like, I don't think that that's what's happening here, but I think that there's a group of believers in the industry who are just, you know, working and using their testimony to witness to other people. And Pinewood in particular, I mean, they have worship services in the studio and on the studio property. So I can tell you about those later, but there's also like one that's open to the public on Wednesday mornings where someone comes in and they share their testimony every Wednesday morning. They're, they're doing all kinds of stuff down there just to be a witness. And it's not in your face, like we're Christians. Like it's not, it's not that it's just like what you're doing. People are telling their story and that's all it is. It's, It's how did God show up in your life? Well, here's my testimony. Take it for what it is. That's awesome. That's really encouraging. Yay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So you have a good day. You too. All right. So a lot of crazy stuff has happened since the time of this recording in 2020 in the world, obviously, but also on a personal note, a lot has changed in my life and in this ministry. So I just want to take a second. I have a praise report. So for one, Ashley and I have kept in touch. She actually gave me a little pep talk last night when I told her I was planning to release this recording. She said, you know, prepare for the backlash. 
So I'm grateful to be in contact with her. But not only that, it was crazy while I was editing, remembering that I'd had that short film dream all the way back then. And it's just crazy timing because only a few weeks ago, I got the news that I'm getting funding from my seminary to create two short films this summer. So two of the testimonies will be made into short films. I am asking for prayer. So if you can please join me in praying for this ministry, for all of the people who are partnering with me to make those short films happen. God has some really awesome plans. It's a little intimidating, but I'm very excited. Um, I should have another podcast episode ready for y'all soon. But until then, keep me in your prayers. 